Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Fertile. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Good morning. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today? Uh, I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, fill our hearts with your love. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your docility. Help us to be teachable, moldable, pliable. Help us to allow your word to, to penetrate our hearts and give us the courage to live the word each and every day. Father, thank you for loving us so much that, uh, that you gave us your word. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much that you gave us your body and blood that we'll celebrate and receive uh, on Sunday. Please help us to, to consume the word, both through Scripture and in the Eucharist, with such passion and wonder and all. Uh, for our final preparation, Lord, please help us to um, help us to take some time to be quiet and still, and really contemplate what's going to happen in these days ahead. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel of this morning? Certainly. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived the Son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise you, you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. So this is exciting uh, you know, for this Sunday. I, don't, I just can't remember uh, a Sunday that was Christmas Eve in the evening, but then in the morning it's uh, the fourth Sunday of Advent. Right? So uh, you know, have to light our Advent wreaths for, for breakfast and lunch. 
because because uh, dinner will be Merry Christmas time. It's uh, it's awesome. The one word I circled is pondered through Advent. You know, that's our invitation is to ponder, and uh, I didn't do as well as I would have liked breaking away and and being able to ponder what's uh, what we're about to celebrate. There's still a couple days left, right, to to do that. Each day is a new day, so I'm um, hoping to to really break away and ponder this this beautiful gift. You know, speaking of pondering, it's we uh, made a family decision that we uh, we we gave up. Um, Video games. We actually gave something up. And the kids were like, wait a minute. This is not Lent. <laughs> it's not Lent. Curveball. <laughs> this is Advent. But, uh, you know, it was one of those things where um, it's it's sometimes easier to put more into your life when you take something else out, you know. So we uh, we gave it a shot our first time ever with with, with making a little sacrifice. Uh, and it was great, you know, because, again, it, it now it, it changes what are you doing in the evening, what are the kids hanging around, and we're, you know, so we're playing board games or having some prayer time. So, again, it was a, a beautiful thing. But just mm-hmm. that little simple shift of, you know, um, not just try to do something different, but let's cut something else out, which just, of course, you know, mind-numbing takes our time away from each other. And uh, so that that was giving given ourselves some time to ponder. So for our household, I think that's going to be a new thing. You know, we'll give it up in Lent and give something up in Advent as well so we can add something in its place. It was a good yeah, little and, practice. And you were pondering the presence of each other. You know what I mean? Right, it, it, right, right. So many times we're, we get so individualized in, in our downtime that we don't get the chance to ponder each other, just to hang out, look at each other, hear each other, enjoy each other, laugh with each other. It's just, it's, uh, it's very siloed type of, of free time. So that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful encouragement time. You know, and Scripture tells us it's in the silence that we hear God. Too many times the noise of the world from television, our computer screens, our laptops, our this, our that, just suck the life out of us. We need to disconnect like Jesus did and go into that desert of silence to listen to the Father's voice. And, you know, and for me this season, the word I want to focus on, the reality I want to focus on is just what's happening here is God the Father gave us the greatest gift He could have given us, His only begotten Son, for our salvation. Jesus Christ gave us the greatest gift he could give us in his life for our salvation. So when we give gifts at Christmas, do we ponder, do we take that into our hearts? And do we look at that and then say, God, transform all these worldly ideas, these worldly thoughts of giving gifts and receiving gifts to honor you in receiving the gift, the greatest gift you've given us in your Son, in Lord Jesus, receiving you anew into my heart, into the manger of my heart, so that we can then go out and be the world changers in you, with you, and through you that you've created us to be. And during this Christmas season, we're doing that as a family. One of the things we did is we challenged all of our older children, 18 years and older. We've put aside a a certain amount of money, and we said throughout the year, give it away. Now, you got to do the work. you got to Research the charity. You got to fill out a form. You got to send it to us, and then we, as as the board of the family, get to approve it or not approve it if it doesn't fall in our criteria. But we wanted to learn, teach them the 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 reality of giving a gift, of being a prudent steward, because ultimately, everything belongs to God. We are his trusted stewards. We are called to be prudent stewards. So our children went out and they found this charity and that charity. It was beautiful, and it has to be God-honoring. It has to be a 501c3. It has to, you know, do what what Jesus told us to do, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those in prison. You know what I'm saying? Give shelter to those who who have not. So give a drink of water. For me, it's awesome to see the fruit of that. But it's interesting. Some children didn't participate at all. 
Some children gave over what they were supposed to. So we have this whole range and this whole spectrum. Now comes the teaching moment. The teaching moment is the day after our Christmas celebration when we get together as a family with the older children. And we read the story of the talents because you see that story is each and every one of our story. We're given that gift from God. How do we use it to bring him honor, glory, and praise? How do we use it to feed Jesus in the hungry, to give drink to Jesus in the thirsty, to give shelter to Jesus, to clothe Jesus in the naked? How do we do that? And so the gift of the talents is going to be read, the story. And then those that gave, whatever they gave, we're going to match it and give it to them as a gift. So if they chose to give nothing because they didn't have the time, their envelope contains the story of the talents, but nothing else. If they gave over, we're going to give them over. And so it'll be fascinating to see the reaction or the response from each of the children. But again, this is our fourth year of switching it up every year to teach them. Because I think it's so important as fathers, as mothers, to do what the Scriptures tell us to do, to teach our children the truth, the biblical truth of being a prudent steward, the biblical truth of stewardship, that we own nothing, that everything we have is a gift from God, that we're used to help others. And so as we read this story, let us all at home ponder the fact that God the Father gave us his greatest gift, his only begotten Son, that Jesus Christ chose then to give us his greatest gift, his very life. For what? Our salvation, our freedom. He gave to this world to give us life and give it abundantly. Can you teach your children now? Because again, that lineage that we're given, that we're entrusted with, that sacred trust to shepherd our children home to heaven eternally with the Father, to teach the truths of love which are found throughout sacred scripture, that's our calling. That's our priority. So for me, that's what this is all about. Ponder that. How can we teach and educate and pass on the gift that God's given us? You know, David, an interesting trend that you talk about, what you've been doing with with the giving and kind of turning it around. You know, I don't know how many years ago people start, you know, um, for your birthday, rather than getting you something, I make a donation somewhere and I say, hey, didn't get you what you wanted, Rob, but I gave a gift for you, that charity. People go, okay, well, that's real great. But a trend I've seen now, and I know you guys aren't, you know, social media, uh, you know, big time, but on, on Facebook, I see a lot of where people, when it's their birthday, you know, now they're saying, don't get me anything. Here's a cause that I support. Mm. Support the cause. So, which I think is more, you know, is more genuine. You know, so rather than me deciding I'm not going to get you something, they're saying, hey, rather than getting me stuff, rather than, you know, another gift card to a restaurant, you know, make a donation toward, towards a cause for me, which again, I think is a neat, and, it, and I just see it popped up lately here as we get into the Advent season. So, who knows, you know, with the prompting of the Spirit, but it's a, it's a neat trend where people are saying, you know what, I don't need more stuff. You know, go ahead and help one of these causes, you know, in my name. Just, just a neat, uh, you know, again, turnaround on, on giving at this time of the year. And I also love this passage, too, because this passage, as Catholics, we should have lit up when we heard the beginning of a prayer we pray all the time called the Hail Mary, because it's right here. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And then you continue that when the visitation, when Elizabeth when, when Elizabeth, you know, says, Blessed art thou amongst women, and blesses the fruit of thy womb. Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. That all comes from the greeting of Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit. So when we realize that our prayer that has been passed on down to us 
of the Hail Mary is right out of out of the Bible. We're praying sacred scripture. And then what are we doing? We're asking our family member who's closest to Jesus, his very mother, to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. It's beautiful. So when anyone says, well, why do you pray to Mary? You say, oh, excuse me, I'm praying scripture. I'm asking my sister, my mother, you know, God's daughter to pray for us. To who? To her son, Jesus Christ. So it's beautiful, beautiful how everything in our Catholic faith, everything finds its deep roots here in sacred scripture. But we're called to know it, then to live it, and then to pass it on. And too many times we don't know our faith. We don't know that everything we do as Catholics is found right here. We call Mary Queen Mother. Oh my goodness, where do we get that in Scripture? Can you show me that? Absolutely I can. It's right here. It says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. Here's the key. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Well, in the kingdom of David, the king always had his mother rule with him as queen. She was called the Geberah. And her role was to be an intercessor for the people. And her power came from the king. So all that's in the Old Testament. You can read it in First and Second Kings. You can learn about Bathsheba and how she interceded for the, for the servants, interceded for the people. You can see it in Mary in, in the wedding feast at Cana where what'd she do? She noticed that the servants of the wedding were running low on wine and what'd she do? Fix it? No. She went to her son Jesus. She told him. And what did Jesus do? answered that prayer and gave them the best wine. So it's all in Scripture. That's why we call Mary Queen Mother, because she is the Queen Mother, the Geberah, of the kingdom of David. It says it right here, where who's king? Jesus. Mary isn't king. She's queen. And then if you take that and you go to Revelations 12, it makes total sense. Actually, 11 and 12. Because at Revelations 11, we learn about John seeing the Ark of the Covenant in heaven. And well, then he continues, that Ark is a woman clothed with the sun, you know, with the, with the moon under her feet, a crown of 12 stars over her head. Well, that crown of 12 stars represents the, the queen mother's crown over the 12 tribes of Israel. It's all right there. It's beautiful. So again, Learn your Catholic faith. Learn where it comes from scripturally and then share it with love and humility because what we do as Catholics all finds its deep roots in the Bible, in sacred scripture. And you talked about gift earlier and Mary's a gift. You know, from the cross, Jesus said to John, behold your mother. And he's saying that to all of us, behold your mother. You know, the only reason John was able to stay at the foot of the cross when everybody else ran away, and I love the fact that he's the youngest apostle. Uh, so for the teens that we that we minister to, it's, uh, it's great to say you're in good company. But Mary was holding his hand. Mary was there strengthening him, praying for him. And, uh, you know, without her, he probably would have ran away too. But Jesus gave us the gift of Mary. Behold your mother. So we have not only a queen, like you're saying, we have a mother, and she knows our needs. And and so many times, especially lately in my life, when I know I'm feeling empty, but I can't articulate, I can't like I can't put a, I can't identify. I just ask Mary. I said, Mary, please do what you did at the wedding. I, I'm I'm empty. I don't know. I don't know what I need. And I'm just asking you, please whisper that into Jesus's ear and ask Him to fill me up. So what a gift we have. And this gospel brings us back to the beginning. Of, of of this relationship 
that Mary has with God, this unique relationship, unlike any other creature, is you know, is, is Mary's relationship with the Trinity, where she's daughter to the Father, she is mother to the Son, and she is spouse to the Holy Spirit. And she is the disciple that knew Jesus most intimately, and one that if we follow in her footsteps, as she follows Christ, we'll be all right. And God could have chosen any way to come to us. And it's like those movies where they do the breadcrumb, you know, when they're lost in the, lost in the, in the woods, they do the breadcrumb so they can find their way back. He came to us through Mary. That was his choice. He came to us through Mary. And it's beautiful. And, you know, Mary is the first disciple of Jesus Christ. She's also the model disciple. Right here it says, what did she do? She opened up to receive the invitation, then conceived that invitation in her heart, in her womb, that invitation to be one with Christ. And then immediately, what does she do? We learn with haste, she takes Jesus to someone in need. Well, that's our calling. We're called to open up, to receive that invitation. God is always pursuing us with that intimate invitation for that divine intimacy with him. And all we have to do is say our yes. But our yes is Mary's yes. I am the servant of the Lord, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. That total surrender. Because to just say the word yes is meaningless. It's when we give give God our total all in, our total yes, then God uses us as he did Mary to bring his son, Jesus Christ, into the world again, in and through our uniqueness, as we no longer, as St. Paul says, no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me, as we take Christ to those in need. Mary is the model disciple, our first disciple, the first disciple. And you know what? Then we read, which will be, I think, tomorrow or Friday, we'll read Mary's praise, her song, the Magnificat. It's gorgeous. That's what we should do every morning when we wake up. My soul proclaims the goodness of the Lord. I mean, it is awesome. We need to do that every day in awe and wonder, to wake up in marvel at what God is doing in us, with us, and through us. And that in us, with us, and through us is with Jesus Christ, because without him, we can do nothing. And it, and it's good to remember that it's it's not just you know Mary came around to the yes. In other words, we look at this a lot and go, oh, we have to say yes to God. But okay, but back up. God prompts. God God reaches out to Mary through the angel. So God prompts us: do this, don't do that. Maybe you should do this. Follow this teaching. You know, we get our marching order, so to speak, from God. Mary's first reaction here: she was troubled. She was troubled. It's okay to be troubled. We get troubled. We get that prompting. We get what we should or should not do. We come across a difficult teaching. Uh, I'm not sure about this. What's the message? Two things, right? First of all, Mary, do not be afraid. So there's the first thing to us. Don't be afraid. Relax, okay? It's all good. What's the second message? Nothing is impossible with God. And so then it comes around, all right, you know, it's okay. Be it done. And so it, it's not, it's it's the yes and it's the part bef- it's the part before it. How many times are we troubled? We're not sure about how we should do something, what God prompting us to do, a difficult decision, a difficult moral teaching. All right, well, follow Mary again. We can be troubled, it's okay. Relax, don't be afraid, trust, know that everything is possible with God. And then that sets us up to, to, to say that, yes, you've talked so beautifully about David. You know, there's, there's a process there and it's okay that we follow that process as well. Mary was troubled. We can be troubled too. <laughs> and then trust. And then her heart, her heart is just so pure that, you know, unlike the questioning that Zechariah has, mm. where that didn't go too well for, for him, right. uh, you know, her, Mary's heart is so pure. 
And you, and you have to believe that that purity just came from spending so much time with her father, right? That, that she was all about the father's will. And, you know, she, he chose Mary, right? From all time, he chose Mary. He didn't have a plan B. And Mary still could have said, yeah, still could have said no. Like he didn't remove her free will at that moment. She could have said no, right? But she said yes. You know, heaven held its breath for, for that moment. What is Mary going to say? Because she could have said no, but she said yes. So for us, when we're faced with difficult things that may trouble us, that may put a little fear, um, the amount of time that we spend, where, where's our foundation? You know, if, we're, if our foundation is rooted in, in the time that we spent with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when those troubling times come, when a little fear comes, then we'll, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. And I want to pick up where you were at going, Tom, because just like me and just like you, Tom, and Rob, and each one of our listeners, God knows our weakness and our humanity. So just like with Mary, I mean, Mary's full of grace. I mean, she's got the Lord in her in, in her womb. I mean, she's good to go, right? No. She goes with haste to her cousin Elizabeth, and what's God do? Confirms again. Mm-hmm. What he's doing in her through the gift of the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth, God tells her again, just moments later, that she's bearing the, the Christ, she's bearing the Lord, the Savior, the Messiah of the world. Phew, okay, she got it again. She gets done her three months there, she has the baby. What happens? He sends shepherds, he sends wise men to do what? Confirm again his plan in her. And then what happens nine days after the birth? She goes to the, the temple to present Jesus, and Simeon and Anna, what do they do? Confirm again, Mary, Mary. <laughs> You're carrying the Christ child. You're carrying the Messiah. That I have to laugh because God knows in my little boy David Abel, I need those confirmations, those those little nudges from the Lord to say, you know what? You're doing what I want you to do. You're going the right way. So ask God every day to give you those spiritual ears to hear, those spiritual eyes to see, so that we can receive those confirmations that we're on the right trail, that we're on the right path. Because when we let our eyes be blinded and our ears be plugged, it's when we get lost. It is. And so loop it back to around where we started. If we don't take the time to ponder— If we don't take the time for the quiet, you know, um, we're not going to hear those nudges. We're not going to hear those promptings because we are so filled mm. with stuff. I, I'm at the I'm at the gym the other day and I'm laughing. There's nine televisions across the front, <laughs> and even in that, everyone in the room has earbuds in. You know, so even that we don't talk anymore. You know, but how can you possibly hear one another, much less the voice of God, when we fill our lives with all the stuff? So if we want to hear and be open to receive, we want to be he- want to be able to hear those nudges, those promptings, those affirmations that David, I, I, I want them as well, you know, or I said, I want the two by four, God, what am I supposed to do? I don't want a nudging. I want a two by four upside the head, but we can't hear and be open to those unless we take the time to pause and take the time to ponder and take the time to listen. And it's really right here because I'm going to again, play off of that. And coming to her, he said, hail full of grace. Bingo. That's our key. We need to take our time every day to first fill up, fill up with God's grace, fill up with God's mercy, fill up with God's compassion, fill up with God's love so that what? That then the overflow goes into every person God brings into our life every day. But we get too busy. We get out there and we go zooming. We don't fill up. And then the toxins of the world come in. But you see, if we continually be who we're called to be in Christ, a human being, yes, we're physical, but we're spiritual. And we stay in place. Let God fill us. Let him purify us. And then let the overflow flow into everyone else, our spouse, our children, the people God brings into our life. 
that's it. So for me, man, every day of my life when I wake up, when I wake up, I got to take time with God to let him fill me with his grace so that it's him that's going into the world when I go out and not me. And, and I had such a beautiful experience to, to see that in fleshed what you're talking about, Dave, to be filled up uh, on Friday, this past Friday. I was at Allentown Central Catholic High School, and uh, they had 40 hours devotion, 15th anniversary that a school does 40 hours. So if anybody is interested in learning about that, please uh, reach out because uh, it's it's something special, something absolutely special. They invited the Sisters Sisters of Life in. It's a new newer order. I think it started in 1991. And when the sisters were talking to the students, they said exactly that, that their mission is to pray to be filled up with God's love and then go out and be trumpeters of life, you know, that, that the, you know, the, the sacredness of life. And you could just, you could taste it in them. And I was talking to some of the students afterwards, like, yeah, first when we found out we were having nuns, they're like, well, what are we going to do with that? What's that all about? And they're like, they were the best. They were so awesome. They were so full of joy. They were so full of peace, so full of God's love. And that love and joy and peace just spilled over into, uh, into that student body. It was, it was awesome. I just want to jump back up onto the full of grace. You know, they we, we tell, tell people that, you know, Mary was without sin, and Mary didn't commit a sin in her whole life. Well, how can that be? Well, the answer is right here, because she was full of grace. If she's full of grace spiritually, there's no room for sin. So when it says in the Old Testament that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, that virginity that God's talking about is both physical and spiritual. It's a spiritual spiritual purity, a spiritual virginity, because why? Because it's right here. She found favor with God. She was the chosen ark. She was the chosen vessel through which God would enter into our world as a human being, as a baby. So that's beautiful. It's right here in the scriptures. So the invitation to all of us is to fill up. Uh, I remember one time I was going to adoration, and as soon as I pulled up, my gas tank was on E, and it said, tank empty for, for my car. I was like, wow, Lord, that's such a, a great reminder that, you know, for me, spiritually, I, I can't wait until I'm empty to get filled up. I can't. Then, then, then you're just, you're, you're playing that cycle back and forth. You're just, you're, God doesn't want us to be empty. He wants us to remain with him, connected with him, plugged in, full, and, and, then, and then out in the world. And don't let the enemy rob the gift God's given you. Because you're his precious son and your precious daughter. It doesn't matter what your past is. Turn to God. Get right. Get clean. Because it says it right here, for nothing will be impossible for God. God used murderers. He used adulterers. He used a whole myriad of cowards and everybody else to bring his good news of salvation to the world. He now wants to do it through each and every one of us. God bless each and every one of you. Have an amazing and a blessed Christmas season. Let's be the world changers God called us to be. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.